This is the Unscripted Podcast. So if you've ever had to write an apology letter to a lady for, uh, for making an analogy about shooting cats in, in a uh, Bible class, then uh, go ahead and subscribe to our channel. <laughs> or just comment below. Hey, at least we know we'll get one subscriber that way. Yeah. If you would like to hear the story next week on the podcast... <laughs> Put a comment. Uh, we want to hear the story. We want to hear the story. The um the the thing's too close to you. I don't you know like I don't want you to be able to hit the button. Yeah, that's right. It used to be over here. Like I was kind of king of the buttons. I know. Now, no, I'm not king of anything anymore. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, like I used to have like the mouse. I could check. I could the mouse, and then I could check uh the um. The videos and well, I ever since we went the through video. the snap, you know the the bin upgrade. I know, it. and now everything's all better. You don't need that stuff, so just don't fool with this because yep. I it's, it'll be harder for me to make fun of you when you can do it back to me. It's all better, butter. All better, butter. Hey, we're gonna spin the wheel again today. Yep, we're gonna spin the wheel. Uh, hope you enjoyed last week's podcast um, with our with our special guest, and um, so we're back to uh, spinning the wheel with a question. So. We got 55, and um, so Chris is going to spin the wheel, and we're going to do this thing live and in color. All right, let's spin the wheel. See what number we get. Rock, deck, 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 deck. Bring up. Are, the, are you spinning it yet? No, I'm actually bringing up that. And so Chris records this on his phone, and then puts it to. To Ben. Ben, I accidentally had it on the video, the old one. I kept clicking the spin button, and it wouldn't work. So here we go. Question number. Let me see it, make sure you. 46. 46. Well, this is this is just like right behind our um, our question from two weeks ago. So this one says, this is a question that was submitted. Can women pray in front of their husbands slash families? Yes. So let's, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about this one. Yeah, absolutely. The, why, why do you think that question would be framed for? Well, I think that, um, people in general, you know, they're, they're just, they don't want to, they don't want to go outside of the, um, you know the standards with God in the in the home, and and I think that sometimes people will confuse, or or could be confused about the difference between the home and the church, and the assembly. Yeah. So so how would you so when would you draw that line, Chris? Why do you why are you asking me these questions? Like I've already answered, and then. <laughs> Well, I'm just. I, you're not talking about it. You're asking questions. Well, that's how you answer. Yeah, that's no. how you answer questions. Yeah, where would I draw the line? Yeah. So so I mean. Um, well, I'll just say this, that um, I encourage my wife to pray with me and her alone out loud. So, l- l- but there's got to be a line. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, so that's when we're that's when we're alone. I encourage her to pray with, with our boys. Um, she's their mother, and if she can teach them to read, she can help teach them to pray. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, with, with that, um, and, and the, so the, line meant, that, what, the line that I draw is between family and assembly, between family and assembly, or church, and whatever, church, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a, there's a, there's an understanding of what's the tips family. Yeah. Now my, now historically in the tips family, like, you know, I don't, I don't ever remember my mother, you know, praying out loud with our family. Um, 
Now, I do remember my mom praying with us when we were little, but that, this is not, you know. But also, I remember, like, my grandmothers, even when there was no my, – my Aunt Sandra tells me this story that I guess it was her grandmother, so it would have been my great-great-grandmother. Even whenever they didn't have a, a man there to pray, like, they wouldn't even pray out loud together as women. I don't know why, but they just wouldn't. She just said uh, before they ate a meal, and we all know that we're all thankful and went on. And so – you know, I would have loved to talk to my grandmothers or great. Wonder what those things. Those must be. There must be some kind of evolution to that. I don't know, but they were. I mean, I can trace my family back in the church a long time, and um, I just I don't I don't know why they didn't. You know, some of those things are cultural things. You know that 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 got. And, and they're fine. And I might have misunderstood the story too. There might have been some guys there who just weren't comfortable praying. And so, well, they what I'm saying them. is, is that you know, you know, people today. So we live in a hyper i'm just gonna go on to say the word feministic society and Mm -hmm. the to where if there seems to be any slight towards women then we want to you know we want to dig in our heels and so there used to be a, a common entrance for men and for women and that's not that we're trying to say that men are better than women but that was just a cultural understanding of the way things operated yeah so there so what happens is we look backwards it like like if all the women decided that that they weren't going to pray out loud together, that's that's perfectly fine to do that. And but that that has to be a cultural thing and not a mm. not a biblical thing, right? Uh, yeah. And and so what you then are are at the crux of is is so like you know Bob and Courtney, they pray together, right? Well, Jessica and I, she tells me what she wants to pray about. And then yeah, Courtney does not feel comfortable with it at all, and so I'm always encouraging her to do it. It's rare that she does. Yeah, and and so whatever mm-hmm. you know, whatever I'm not yeah. I'm not saying you need yeah, to yeah, ju- yeah, yeah. justify, but mm-hmm. you know, it's not that I don't think my wife prays or anything mm-hmm. like that. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean that's what I went to sleep doing last night. Right. You know, but but the the you know Jessica, you know, if we're going to pray together about something, then we'll we'll talk about what we want to pray about, then I'll pray about it, mm-hmm. and and I don't think that. My prayers are any less special, or or more special, or hers are any less special, or whatever. But that's that's the standard the way we see it in our family. Now, does Jessica pray with our boys? Well, yeah, of course she prays with our boys. And the the you know you think about it, they they've had to start from a very young age. You know, listening to their you know, whenever I was working second shift, well, who did Bible time with Jessica every? I mean, who who did Bible time with the kids? Well, that's Jessica when they're three, four years old, who's doing that? That's mama, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a definite understanding of, of some of this stuff is is so you gotta think about motive, right? So if you've got like we talked about last week, this idea of headship. You know, God is the head of Christ, Christ is the head of man, man is the head of woman. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a wife, for example, that wants to, you know, doesn't want her husband to pray. Yeah, and that's a problem. That's a problem, yeah. right? So it's it's motive. So if you got a wife that says, uh, you know, I, I'm going to take care of this, honey, you know, in, in our Bible time, for example, right? Like when you do your Bible time, and y'all do it in the morning time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We typically do it in the evening time. All right, so when we do it in the evening time, do y'all stitch it up with a prayer, or how do y'all do it? Yeah, different times we'll stitch it up with a prayer, or we might end with a prayer, and then they're like, we want to sing some more songs. Like, well, that's okay. the tips, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Donovans don't do that, all right? <laughs> the, um, but so if if um, if y'all stitch it up with a prayer, who does the prayer? Just 
me or one of the boys or um, we will let Millie pray too. Yeah, and and she's what three. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so so when are you going to teach her? Right. Right. You know, I mean, so these are teachable. Right when she's able to be taught. Yeah, that's exactly right. So there's teachable moments when teachable moments are there. That's right. And so, you know, it's not an idea of who's more valuable, mm-hmm. right? But what is the motive behind these things that you're doing? So you're trying to help, you know, your boys. You know, so if you got your wife that says, "Now I'm I'm gonna take care of this," well. You know that needs to be something y'all need to have talked about before. Yeah. You know, but but if she's if she's grabbing control of it, that'd be like the same. There, there's no real difference because as a as a head of your house, there's a there's a there's a weird social cultural understanding of what that means sometimes, and the fact that people think that means that 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 just because you're the head, you get to make every decision, and every decision is yours and yours alone that you made. Well, that's not the way the Bible presents that. And and what I mean by that is that you you have to when you make a decision for your family, what are you taking into consideration when you make those decisions, Bob? With my family? Yeah, when, when like if so, for example, if you guys are going to, I don't know, you're going to, like y'all are going on vacation mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. So where are y'all going? We're going out west. All right. So so why did you arrive at that decision? At going out west? Yeah. I mean, how did you get there? Well, um. We've got we've got points through uh, uh, whatever that we're bought into timeshare or whatever, and so we're cashing in points, and this is a good opportunity for us to go, you know, see the Grand Canyon and all that kind of stuff, stay at the different resorts that we're part owners in. But this isn't a decision that benefits Bob. No, it benefits the family. Mm-hmm. So anytime the decision is made, it's made with the whole family being part of that decision. You got what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if 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 we come down to this idea of of is it okay for a wife to pray in front of her husband? That has to be a decision that's based on you know first of all we got to view it in line of scriptures. Right? Yeah, and I and I answered quickly just you know for myself, but and that's because I'm not afraid to answer the question. And ultimately, what you do in your home is up to you, and what I do in my home is up to me. But on this this particular question with this podcast, I mean, we're answering it. We're trying to answer this for other people, you know, and that's a hard thing to do. And I'll say this point blank, that if you're a husband, if you're a man and you're not leading your family, you're not teaching them to pray and they're not hearing you pray out loud. But why are you pushing Courtney to do it, Bob? Why am I? Because I want her to grow. That, that's right. So yeah. you're you're leading. You understand? Yeah, that's that, right. That's yeah. your motive mm-hmm. behind it. It's not that that you're handing the reins to her and say, "Okay, Mama, you drive." Yeah, right. That's that's what I was getting at. Yeah. I, it was a whole mm-hmm. lot of words to say what I was saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so by doing those things, it's just it's it's you leading your family. That's yeah. your motive behind doing this. That's right. And so at the end of the day, it's not that. Um, it's not that you're. It's no different. I know that you would look at Courtney and Millie and two totally different lights right, right? Mm-hmm. but it's our job to grow our family I, ha- I, ha- I had a study this past week with a brother in christ and he said i just i feel like i've dropped the ball in leading my family he said i feel like some of the challenges we've got right now is because i dropped the ball in leading my family he said i grew without them and he said what do you think i said you're wrong you're in the wrong you haven't led your family you haven't done the right job for your family. You've grown spiritually. We've had a lot of Bible discussions. We've had a lot of these things, but you haven't brought your family along with it. And now you're, there's this spiritual gap there in your family. And so then the then you have to ask the question, 
when are you going to when are you going to fix it you know when's your shade tree planting time yeah 30 right. years ago or today right so it's it's it, your motive behind doing these things are are completely in line with the scriptures yeah yeah, Courtney doesn't have a lot of uh, self-confidence in herself, and, and I try to boost her all the time, encourage her. I think that's what a husband should do, the same way that we, we should in the church, and I think that that's what Christ – there's so many verses about how Christ sees us, and then, you know, regardless of, of our placement, is him being the the uh, the head of the church and him being the husband of the bride, you know, the all the confidence that he places in us through Scripture – um, and so, you know, her, her self-confidence is not, is not good at all. And so when I'm trying to get her to pray, it's like, okay, if she can pray in front of me, then that's going to make her more comfortable to pray in front of other ladies, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, so that's a, that's a, that's a thing. And, um, you know, they, I tell her all the time, I'm like, well, well, you sure don't, you sure aren't, uh, you sure don't hold back whenever, you know, you, you need to tell me something that I need to do wrong, right. you know, or something that I need to do better Tighten or whatever. Up on. Yeah. So pray to God, you know, mm -hmm. about that. And I want, I want to hear what you say to God about me, but, uh, so those are, so yeah, that's, that's my motive behind it. And, uh, and so certainly when we've looked at, at, you know, women's role in the church, uh, I see it being, I see it being totally different in the home. And, and and so you have to view these. Th so there's certain things that are always going to. So like if we come to your house, for example. Yeah. Say we're going to come to your house, or uh, and and inevitably if we're going to do a devo or something in your house, we're going to sing 400 songs. Okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and the. Right. Um, but yeah, in, in that case, you're going to sing me to death. All yeah. Right? And in that case, you know, we're we're going to have men do that. No, no, things. no. Step back from me. Okay. So if is it wrong to use instruments of music in the assembly towards our worship to God. Uh, I see it. Yes, I believe yes. it's wrong. So if it's wrong, then then it's also we're not going to come to your house and like right. All right, get the tam. Uh, what was Sean playing at camp this week? The guitar. Yeah, the guitar. You know, right. get your guitar out and, right. and play. Now, now Sean was playing country music. Yeah, right. You know, mm -hmm. the you put the video of them. Yeah, rock me, baby. Wagon rock wheel. me, mama. Yeah, wagon wheel. Like a wagon wheel. Yeah. yeah, and so you put that song. You know, that's totally different, mm -hmm. right? And so, but those things are a command of God of the way He wants. So if if we're singing to God, we're going to sing to God His way, right? Yes. So God has set the standard by the way we pray to God. Mm -hmm. We pray to God His way. Yeah. You know, we have to meet Him on His terms. It's not that women aren't. So here's here's one thing that sticks out in my mind famously. And so these things are moral things that God has kind of always had in place. I think about 1 Samuel 1. Do you remember the event that happens in 1 Samuel 1? Um, not off the top of my head. Hannah is going to the oh, temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hannah. Mm -hmm. Hannah's going to the temple, and Eli, Eli is up there, and he's listening to to Hannah pray. Right, and he he's listening to her pray, and he thinks that you know she's in such distress over, you know, this whole. Yeah, what was it? He thinks she's been drinking. Yeah, he's like you. You know, she's drunk, right? Mm -hmm. So he had to listen close enough, and you know what she's doing? She's just pouring her heart out. You know, just right. to. A blubbering mess is what she's at, but but Eli doesn't stop her and say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! You can't be doing that here." You know, no, no, no. Think about what she's done. She's met God on His terms. She's came to the place where God's going to hear her at at the at the tabernacle, mm -hmm. right? The temple hadn't been built yet, so she comes to she comes to this place where she's going to meet God at where the Eli the 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 fourteenth or Last judge, you know, Samuel kind of bridges the gap between the judges and the prophets. But, 
you know, the last judge of Israel, and, and she's there, and, and he's praying. I mean, she's praying, and, and Eli does say, wait a minute, woman, stop. Stop. you got to come tell me what you need to pray about, and I'll offer it to God. That's not what he says. You know, he says, you know, very explicit things like, if my people will turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear them. He doesn't say if all the men get up. Mm. So there's a there's a time and a place that we talked about. Like last week we talked about in 2 Timothy 2 in the assembly, right? I would have holy men everywhere lifting up men. Praying everywhere. Yeah. Praying everywhere, lifting up holy hands. Well, that's the assembly, and that's for the men. So at your home, you know, you got to think about your motive. What is your what is your method? What is your reason behind these things that you do in your family? Is it, it are you handing off the the proverbial torch to your wife just so you can shirk your duties as a husband? You know what that is? Laziness. <laughs> laziness. Yeah. And it's and, and laziness and, and it's is sinful. sinful. That's right. Right? Yeah, so if the Donovans come to my house, then well, then the church is assembled. Yeah. And now we haven't made it a public assembly. But we're, we have a church assembly there, right? Just same way, and that, if I'm the at same your way house, that the church met house to house in the New Testament. And if I'm at your house, I'm not even going to expect Courtney to pray. Exactly, and but, but like, I might, I, I might just hear Millie say a prayer. Mm-hmm, you, yeah. you understand, right? And 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 it's I have no issue with that. Our little she's what three or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So I have no issue with that. And right. so at the end of the day, you know, there's a we we understand that there are certain. It's just like okay. Would we get up in the assembly on Sunday morning and clap, you know, and sing our songs, right? No, no and beatbox, but we'll do it at VBS, right? We used to, I don't anymore. But 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 so here's the thing: is is it wrong to do it at VBS? Well, I've come to the conclusion now that I I don't do it and I don't encourage it because I think it's still an assembly, you know. And and I think that's a decision that people have to ask and answer for themselves. Yeah. You got what I'm saying? That's right. And so some churches will go, okay, well, we're going to do VBS in the auditorium, so then we're not going to clap. But if we go to the fellowship hall, we'll clap <laughs> over there and say, you're still assembled. Yeah, so you have to ask and answer this question. Yeah. Is it, you know, are there certain, I don't even know the songs that we would clap to, but are there certain yeah. songs that we would, or how about um, Father Abraham, right? Yeah. Right, arm, left. We wouldn't right. do that in the assembly, but we'll right. do that on True. VBS. Or mm-hmm. deep and wide, right? Yeah. Deep and wide. You know, those things. Like We wouldn't get up and sing that together in the assembly. But we understand that when we're together at VBS, these are teachable moments. Mm-hmm. So there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. You know, I, I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I may never ride in the cavalry, right. shoot the artillery, yeah. fly over the enemy, all those things. We wouldn't do that in assembly. You know, we look like a bunch of yahoos doing it, right? Mm-hmm. But we understand that there is a difference in the motive there with VBS than we do with, with the assembly, right? So the assembly is there because we're to edify one another, you know, provoke to love and good works, and we're going to do it God's way. You know, he, he's provided the way that we did that. So you think about just in this example last night where Chip was at the student center. You know, he you know, in Matthew five, sixteen, Jesus says, Let your light shine before men to see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Philippians two fifteen says the way one of the ways that you let your light shine then is by not complaining. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be the light that God commands, here's one way that you can do that then. Not complain. Well, so and on on, on the flip side to that, if we're going to meet God on his terms, so if I want to be a light, I can think, well, well, there's a lot of good ways that I can be a light. You know, one of the ways that I can be a light is is well, maybe I can provide uh, condoms for teenagers. Then I'll cut down on STDs. Is that what is is that what God would want us to do? 
It's certainly not written in scripture, but but certainly no, it's not. So so you got to ask because then you're promoting fornication. Yeah. So you got to right. you got to let that's this that's this um, way that we let our will line up with what the Lord wants us to do. So let's take a break and then we'll come back and we'll chat about that some more. Life in general is about decisions. Every decision that you make has consequences, and you're tethered to every single one of them. Jesus gives us this awesome opportunity that you don't have to make all the decisions in your life all on your own. You see, he invites you to come to him, to learn from him. Jesus gives us this perfect example, and he tells us in Matthew chapter 11, he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm meek and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. We have so much to learn from, from Christ, and he gives us this example of saying, if you really want to learn from me, take my yoke. You see, yokes were used in the, back in Bible times to, to, to put two animals together to pull a load or to pull a cart or to plow ground. And you would put a, an ox together or you would put two mules together and they would pull the load together. And that's what Christ offers for us is he's offering to pull the load for us. Christ invites us to, to come to him. And we're to be his followers, disciples, learners, people who have yoked in with him. And he builds a community around us called the church. The church is to be made up of people, people who God have looked at their hearts. You see, the world wants to paint a picture of everything that would divide us. The church is painted a picture of the things that unite us. That Christ, he builds this community that when we've yoked in with with other people. They may be different from us, but we can learn from each other. What a beautiful thing that it is when we can have difficult conversations. There's, there's no conversation that the church can't have. And that's what Christ wants from us, is he wants community that's strong, that's yoked in together, that learns from each other. And most importantly, that learns from Jesus. And he invites us to come Take, learn, and find. In verse number 21 and 22, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. While they may have been doing good things, in the classic sense, is it a good thing to keep kids away from an STD? Yes, it is a good thing. Yeah, but we try. We do that by saying, God does that by saying, don't don't fall into fornication. Yeah, he does that by Hebrews 13 too, right? Yeah. The marriage bed undefiled. Undefiled. You know, fornicators and adulterers, yeah. God will judge. And and then there's this realization that I think that some people have, you know, and they're like, people will say, well, okay, well, if, if I, I know that I've had, I've literally had people say this, that, well, if the kids, if the kids are going to go out and get drunk anyways, they might as well do it at my house while, while it's safe. Yeah. That is, 
that you need to you need to throw that out. Hey, I, I literally had a Bible study this week with a guy that he was telling me about the first time he smoked marijuana, and it was on his twelfth birthday, and his stepmama just got he was just you know wild, you know just wide open kid, you know, and his stepmama gave him. He said, "You're going to sit in this room to me until you smoke enough marijuana where you calm down." <laughs> And, wow. and, and and so you think about that. Like, that's an extreme case of it, right? Yeah. But we connect those things back to where we get to where you are. Like, let's just let them drink in my home. That way they're in a safe environment. And let's keep stepping it back. Well, what it boils, you know, so we can justify a lot of things in our home as as doing good. Yeah. But what are, are we're not lining up with God's will that way. Mm-hmm. So so it, it ultimately, we've got to line up with what God wants us to do because I can do you know, if I've got I've got a command to forgive people, right? Command. But if there's somebody that's absolutely toxic to your life and they've done nothing but hurt you, somebody in your family, somebody, a friend, right? Whatever. That does not mean then that you have to you have to go running back to them every Monday morning. I can't wait to see you again. If they're toxic for you, if they're not good for you, then stay away from them. But your motive can't be that you're holding away from them. Because you're trying to sit in judgment towards them, you know I'm I'm I am I'm not being your friend now, or I'm not I'm not associating with you and my family because I want you to know that I'm mad at you, and I want to I want to I want to hold this thing over your head. That can't be your motive. Your motive has to be that okay, I'm gonna forgive you, but you're a toxic person to me, so I've got to step away from this environment. I'm not going to hold this against you. Uh, if if you're my parents, or if you're my sister, whatever spiritual responsibilities to you, I'm still going. To, I'm still obligated to those. I'm still obligated to take care of you. I'm still obligated to. Yeah. Well, ultimately, if that person is toxic, then then you who are spiritual, then you need to be doing the one. You need to be doing some restored in that situation. And and there's a point where you know ultimately. You know, even in some of those situations, there's no restoration at that moment that's possible. So what you got to do is realize you're not holding these things. Your motive then, while it, it, the world could look at it from two ways, you know, the world could look at it that your motives is keeping you safe or your motives are keep or punishing this person. That's why you've got to, it's got to be a heart condition, what you're doing with these things. Mm-hmm. What's your, what is the reasoning behind this? So when you ask this question, you know, is it is it okay for my wife to pray, well, what's your what's your motive behind these things? Because yeah, that's right. Is, is my motive is it to try to, you know, hand her the keys to let her drive? You know, here you right. go. Here, here you go, Mama. You you take care of everything. You take care of all the spiritual matters in our ha- in our home. Well, no. Then in that case, no. Yeah. Well, and and look at the statistics. How many of these little f- things float around about? The, the likelihood of your children remaining faithful if their dad is faithful, if their mom is faithful, exactly. if they're, you know, so on down the list, you know, if they only go to church on Sunday. I mean, just all these little, we've all seen these statistics and things like that that kind of, and I don't know if they're true or not in the sense of like the explicit number that they represent, but I know they're true because we see it played out. If you have a family where the daddy is by and large, I mean, just think about how many people you've known in the church, Bob, and, and go back to this question, are women important in the church? Oh, boy. Yeah. Amen. Because think about how many families are just hanging on by a thread because of the wife. Yeah. It's that's it's that way, unfortunately, far more tilted than it is towards the men. Very few families are hanging on because by a thread because the man is the spiritual giant in the family. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And and yeah, when when fathers lead that God designed multi generational faithfulness and, and the way he designed that is for the fathers to be leading their household. 
spiritually. And not to say that mothers can't because I, I'm telling you, like, you know, my dad's dad died when he was seven, you know. All that means, Bob, is you're outpacing them. That's right. That, that's exact, That's re- literally what it means is that, that, that where you're at in your pace, Courtney's supposed to be in two steps behind you where you're at right there. So that, so that when you take two more steps ahead, she's right there behind you spiritually. Yeah. So in order to lead, you've got to be out front. And if you're, and if you're out front and nobody's following you, you're just taking a walk. Mm-hmm. You're just taking a walk. You're not leading anymore. And so this idea of leadership, it's, it's not driving. You know, you drive from the rear, right? right? You, yeah, you, you, you lead prod, from the front. But you lead from the front. Yeah. And yeah. so. You got to do that by example. And one thing that, you know, when we're talking about, uh, you know, the home, you know, Romans chapter chapter one talks about how that, you know, people are, uh, you know, verse 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. They were professing to be wise. They became fools. You know, we're talking about wisdom this this week. They changed the glory of God in incorruptible man. We'll talk about those. But so God gives them up for, for uncleanness, but. This is this whole thing is that talking about how that even though they knew God, they didn't glorify Him as God. Well, I have to do that not only in the assembly, but I have to do that in the in the home as well. And and glorifying Him as God places Him where where God's going to be. And so, you know, m- my wife she understands that it's a safe place for her to to pray with me and her there. But but when the when the Donovan show up or the Rickman show up or whoever it is that shows up, the Rick man, the Rick man, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, if he, Ben brought his family, I don't know, but but whoever it is that makes you talking show- about Brian and uh, Mitchell, yeah. <laughs> roommates. <laughs> but whoever it is that shows up, you know, uh, at our house for for studies or whatever, then she's she's going to glorify God as God, and and she's she's so there's a there's a mistake that some people have, and, and sometimes people are not as spiritual, and and I I hate to say this, but it's just it's just the downright truth. And so I shouldn't even say I hate to say this, but what what happens is is it's pe- unfortunate that you it's have unfortunate to say that. that I have to say this, right? But people who are not spiritually mature don't place God where they are, and they don't truly understand what what a, a wife submitting to their husband is about. It's just like the note that you put on. You know, Jessica was praising Liam for reading his Bible with this thing, and the note that you put down there, everything that Jessica wrote talking about Scripture was not the fact that that she's a subservient person. In the home, it's the fact. She, one of the one of her notes things says that me and Chris are equal, but I'm choosing. I choose to love God, and so therefore I'm going to submit to to Chris's authority in our home. That's what submission is. When wives submit to their husband, you have the power. You have all the power in the world. You are equal to them as as, as equal as can be. But you're choosing to say, I love God so much that I'm gonna I'm gonna follow the the uh, I'm gonna follow the lead of my husband. And 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 so this is a it's a very powerful thing. And what kind of power? Go back and explain that. You know, you know, expound on that. The power in submission. Yeah, the power in submission says, I, I have all the power in the world. Just just same way as a police officer goes to pull you over. You got the choice to leave, fight back, whatever you want to do. But when you choose to submit to that authority, the way God talks to it about in Romans thirteen, then I'm I'm going to give it up. Uh, I'm going to submit. I'm going to stop. I'm going to do exactly what they asked me to do. There's 600 pounds between you and I. Yeah. And you're you're what? How old are you? 37. 37. So 
average age, 38 and a half, mm-hmm. right? 600 pounds, 38 and a half average age. We got Ben over here that's 21. All you ladies, Ben's 22, okay? Yeah. Ben's 22. We can make Ben do a lot of things that we want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. But but the greatest thing we can do is lower ourselves, right? Right. We can lower ourselves and in, 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 in submission to Christ and realize that it's not going to be through our hammer. Not that we're Ben's boss, you understand? Yeah. But Ben, we have a responsibility to Ben to help him grow at 22 so that, that by the time he's 38 and a half and 600 pounds, <laughs> yeah. then he'll be able to mentor and help somebody else that's 22. That's right. Ben got punched this weekend. <laughs> so he, he's standing in line at the, at the mess hall. And, and so one of the kids is, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he's like full of testosterone right now. He's 18, you know, buck wild football player or whatever. So he likes to play or whatever. Well, I saw this kid do little jabs to two different guys this weekend. One of them was Ben. And Ben had to exercise a lot of self-control. I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? You better be lucky, Lawson, that that we just did self-control because he did it to his <laughs> brother-in-law too. He did it to Jason. I saw Jason and Ben both exercise self-control. Well, they they could have decked him. They submitted to Christ. They submitted to Christ in that moment, and Lawson benefited from them submitting to Christ. That's exactly right. And, so that's, and that's, the you, same, and that's the same thing that happens in the home. Yeah. Right. And so that's what it boils down to is that, you know, one of the hardest lessons to learn being bigger than everybody is how you your size, right, just that means in position-wise mm-hmm. you get control. Yeah. You got what I'm saying? I, yeah, I get it. But <laughs> but just because you're bigger than ever, here's something funny. Liam said, I asked all the kids this weekend, who do they like better, Mr. Bob or Mr. Chris? And everybody said, Mr. Bob. And Jessica and I were listening, and we both, on the way home, we were like, we are so glad that they said that. Well, you think about it. Yeah. Like, how important is that that they oh, yeah. identify with you more than me? Yeah, well, Bo told me, he said, Mr. Bob, he said, you're my favorite preacher in Mississippi. I said, Bo, <laughs> don't you remember that your dad? We're riding on the golf court together. We had a lot of good times this weekend. But, but that's awesome. Yeah. You that's, understand? That's because, right. Because of the position. He said, well, he's my family, so that's not – he said, of course he's going to be my favorite. <laughs> but but you think about the, the role – that you employ with our youth, mm-hmm. which it is, is it better that they identify with you or identify with me? Yeah. That's, that's a, I mean, how much better analogy could you, you know, some guys could look at that and think, well, that ain't fair. You know, them kids <laughs> ought to like me more. No. What's the best thing for those kids to identify with the guy that's with them most of the time or the yeah, guy. And that's just, and that's why just because just with them, you know, and, but that's why, right. But, but it's, it's out of submission. Right, mm-hmm. it's out of it's out of the authority or the the position that you recognize you're in, and so because you know that there are certain ways that you're going to motivate, segue, corral, mm-hmm. beat, you know, yeah. whatever the, these kids of ours. And you know, like I said Sunday morning, I spent the first few minutes talking to the church about how important what you're doing is. It's I said, you know, it's it's not rare that you look out across the church and say. None of our kids are here. What a great thing. And I said, we can say that this morning because they're with Bob. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, that's a blessing. You understand? I mean, yeah. that, but but the reason why you can, it just goes back to this idea of submission. You know, you're, you're, there are some people, have you ever seen, like I've seen guys that deal with kids that are just kind of like cattle drivers. You ever seen those guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and do they ever really get anywhere? No. Because there's always contention. It's always a... a a, a beating into submission, yeah. right? And, and sometimes, sometimes they need that, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying we don't. I mean, right. sometimes you got to have the woodshed, 
but your wife, I mean, think about the way that the proverb writer writes these things about your wife. You, you never get anything done, wives, nagging your husbands. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the proverb writer uses this analogy of the, uh, the, dri- drip, the yeah. drip of water. Yeah. And so, you know, the reason why that's that nobody likes to be nagged. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like Jessica's got a list of things for me to do right now. She wants me to paint the shutters, paint the front door, put an outlet in the sunroom for her treadmill. You know, four or five things that say, okay, prioritize it. Tell me what you want me to do first. In this case, I want you to do these two things first. Yeah. So she's telling me what to do, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that night, instead of me waiting for the next day, I went on and did those two things mm-hmm. just to, just just so that it's off my plate and she knows that what she's telling me is important to me, right. you know? And so the same thing in reverse. It's just this, what you're trying to do is, is show this analogy of how submission, we think about it as this lowly and second class or or yeah the when you say we you mean the world or when the the outside looking in at at scripture you know that's the way that it looks at but no that and that's that's the the point that i was making is that that's when you become that's when people are not spiritually mature the 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 people who are not spiritually mature see that and they go well well you're you just must be a bunch of sexist fools or whatever no the the whole idea is that is that if my children will not submit to their mother, then they won't submit to God. Mm-hmm. And and if and if my wife will not submit to me, she will not submit to God. This is a God thing. If I won't submit to my wife, then I won't submit to Christ. That's you know Ephesians five tells us submitting to one another daily. Wives submit to your husbands to the Lord. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for. Well, I well really if I'm going to love her the way that Christ loved the church I'm going to be giving up everything for my wife Ev- everything yeah so so in, in in reality in that scenario if you were going to put apples you know dollars and cents to mm-hmm. it we lose the male, yeah, the, the male, the male loses right. in that scenario. But what it happens is the world, because Christ lost in that scenario. That's exactly right. The Christ, church gets the gain. Yeah, and, and so at the end of the day, you know, you look at this thing. It's because we just don't have a spiritually mature understanding of what God has required, so that for our benefit. Yeah, we let the world tell us. You know, I had a, a lady I was studying with just this morning, and seven thirty. You know, she was just upset because her manager at work uh she told her something in confidence and her manager went off and blabbed it to the people she worked with i said has that manager ever blabbed stuff to you that other people told them in confidence well yeah did you think it would there's be- your there's your sign <laughs> yes exactly it's just because the world will always be the world that's why we can't let the world influence our decisions and our understanding of what god wants us to do because we can certainly put up a lot of things and declare it in the name of jesus that that equality quote unquote in the name of jesus well there's just those things just don't exist in the in the purview of the scriptures yeah well if you want to look at right the the term equality as far as that the world puts on it, the or world political stamp, yeah. right? Because the gospel is the most equal. That's equal right. Thing in the whole world, and so submit to it. It's the great equalizer, and that's and that's the whole thing. Is is in your home, like everybody needs. We all need to be stepping it up, and and so just just point blank, you have to make decisions for your own family. But it, wives, if your motive for for praying with in front of their husbands or in front of your family is is to show that that you're better or that that you're in control then then i i humbly ask you to to really check yourself and ask yourself is this really like would this be the motive of christ 
And and husbands, if you're trying to go, oh, can my wife pray in front of me so that I can hand her the keys so that she becomes a spiritual leader in my family. I can put my feet up. Yeah, I can put my feet up and do nothing. Then you need to check your motives and and you need to you need to step up your game. Um, so everybody probably has different different things and people you know different personalities are going to be different but you that's know, in this but that's scenario. the blessing and so that's why god makes us leaders of the home that's he right. doesn't tell us how we're supposed he doesn't give us the bullet points to work by he just says you're gonna to have to lead them help them to grow the people they need to be not the people they want to be we love y'all we rec- well, we we welcome your comments there's not like a scripture in in the bible that says um, wives don't pray in front of your husbands or husbands uh, you shall make your have your wife pray in front of you They're, you're not going to find that you know so this is a this is one of those questions that you know can be difficult we hope that we answered it um if there's something else that but we just can't draw a clear line yeah that's right because what will what, happen is when you draw a clear line then we would get dogmatic about things yep. so there's certainly you could you could what if this thing to death but what if we just did what the Lord said? How would that change it? Put God where God belongs. We love you. This is the Unscripted Podcast.